thank you all for joining us today, and I'd like to thank uh, those who are joining us on the phone as well. I'd also like to give a warm thanks to Dr. Dan Hara for his invaluable work. He's undertaken many hours of consultation with stakeholders, uh, so I'd like to extend my gratitude to him for being here today from Ottawa to answer some of your questions and to have given you the technical briefing. Uh, I'd also like to acknowledge that in the room with us uh, is Kristen Vanderkoop, who is uh, the, from the passenger transportation branch, as well as Steve Haywood from uh, CVSE, and I believe that Catherine Reed um, is here, who is the chair of the passenger transportation board. To expand on Dr. Harris' comments of a few moments ago, I'd like to provide you with a status update and begin by backing up a little bit, letting you know about some of the work that's been going on behind the scenes over the last few months. In October, obviously, we committed to the creation of a safe, fair, and accessible ride-sharing system, which would be open to all players, to get people around. We know that people are frustrated and have been waiting far too long for a solution to the lack of transportation options that are available, particularly it's felt here in Metro Vancouver. People want more options for getting around the city efficiently, and they want them now. This was obviously a big task, and there was lots of groundwork to do, especially with the taxi industry, to make sure they're ready and able to compete on a living playing field when new players are introduced. We wanted to make sure we're adding, not taking away from good local jobs while laying the foundation for a made-in-BC solution to bring in a new form of ride-hailing so people can move around how they want, when they want, safely. Dr. Harrow's recommendations from his consultation have informed government on the direction we're heading as we make changes to the system. And his report complements the Select Standing Committee's report and their 32 recommendations, which they released earlier this year. So I'd like to also thank Dr. Weaver, as well as the MLAs on the Select Standing Committee, for their work over the, the past year on this topic. The first steps in our action plan are intended to improve marketplace conditions for innovative transportation These will make it easier for new companies to apply to the Passenger Transportation Board to offer services in BC. First, we'll be working with the board to boost the number of taxes to make it easier for people to get around. Dr. Hara has suggested a 15% increase, which would translate to approximately 300 more cabs in the Lower Mainland and 200 more cabs across the rest of the province. So that's 500 more taxes on the road around BC people moving. Secondly, we're going to be giving the taxi industry the flexibility to discount fares when trips are booked through an app. And third, we'll be equipping the Passenger Transportation Board with better data so they can make smarter decisions to meet the transportation demand. Better data will allow regulators to make the best evidence-based decisions about the number of vehicles needed and where and when they can operate, including the number of accessible taxes that are required. And one of the last pieces will be working with ICBC to enable an insurance model for the industry. Finally, government is preparing legislation for this full session, which will further lay the groundwork for new transportation companies to enter the market. I know that people are looking for expanded transportation options to be available very soon. 
And I want to reassure them that a lot of work is happening to get this accomplished, but it is important that we get this right. We can learn from the experience of other jurisdictions which have brought in new technologies and ensure that there is safety of both drivers and of passengers in BC. Our approach will ensure that people are safe when they get into a taxi while opening the door to other operators, other ride-hailing services, so people can get around the city, around their communities more efficiently. I'd like to thank you all for this. Thanks, Dr. Hara, and we'll be available for some questions. Um, get the mic to you. Please say who you are and where you are from. We'll start in the front row over here, please. Uh, Scott Hurst, CTV News. Um, this is all about updating taxi industry, updating that accessibility. Uh, very little about specific details about ride-hailing apps. Can you give British Columbians a date when you expect ride-hailing to be available in British Columbia? What we're doing initially here, and this is what's exciting, is making sure that we're meeting immediate demand by working with the Passenger Transportation Board to get more cabs on the road. Then in the fall, we're going to be bringing in legislation, which will change the, I think there are six pieces of legislation need to be amended, ready to be able to bring in ride hailing. So that is our commitment. By this full session, as promised by the Premier, we'll be bringing in legislation, which will allow ride hailing companies to start to apply. We need the insurance in, in place as well. They need the legislation changes, so once ICBC has done that, the doors will be open to ride-hailing companies to come to BC if they so choose. Okay, next, Mijun. Hi, Mijun Lee from CTV News. So, can you commit to this timeline? Will the changes be in place by this year? We'll be making changes in legislation this fall. We're then relying on ICBC to make changes to the insurance products. We need to have an insurance product that suits the new technologies. A company could apply right now under our existing model, but we want to make sure that there is a new product available, and that will take ICBC some time to develop that. So we are moving as committed to have our legislation in place from the ministry by the end of this year. How concerned are you about the political fallout in key ridings like Surrey? This is an issue about people's safety. It's an issue about people's needs. It's an issue about how we can modernize industry and op open new doors for new, for new operations and new ways of doing this. This is primarily, as I say, about safety and about uh, people's demands. It is not a political issue. Minister Marcello from News 1130, just wanted to ask you about the implications as far as the promise to have this service available, something like Uber or Lyft, available by the end of this year. In this timeline, do you actually see companies like Uber and Lyft actually operational before the busy Christmas season? We're going to be introducing legislation that will open the doors for applications. We need to have the insurance product in place as well. That might take a little bit longer, but we are going to make sure that our legislation for the Ministry of Transportation is in place by the end of the year. Minister Frenchy, with Omni News, uh, there are already uh, ride-hailing companies in operation now, like the Chinese app on a Chinese uh, social media called WeChat. And they exclude, uh, they told their driver to exclude non-Chinese Canadian riders. And so how is, is the government aware of that situation? And is government going to do anything about this gray area operation? 
And the second question is a little bit unrelated. What's the update of the uh, uh, resurrection of services uh, after Greyhound withdraw their services? On the um, on the the apps that are not um, whether they are legal or not, we do have the passenger transportation branch that investigates. Uh, has done a number of investigations into services that uh, are operating illegally and uh, is issuing fines about these. Uh, it has a number that are about to come to court. If you want more details, I can uh, ask Kristen to come up. Uh, on Greyhound, we are keeping all options open, working very hard to ensure that we can cover the service that uh, Greyhound is leaving the province without to ensure that people are, can travel safely using ground transportation around the province. We are going to take a, um, a question from the phone line next. Go ahead. Uh, we have a question from Pierre Martineau from Radio-Canada. Please go ahead, Pierre. Uh, uh, Minister, uh, uh, I had some friends from outside of the country uh, visiting lately, and they were very surprised that we didn't have Uber in town. Uh, your government has been very, your party during the election were very, very reluctant to, uh, to go with Uber. Uh, do you think that you're more friendly now that you were during the electoral campaign? This is not about any particular company at all. This is about ensuring that people have access what we're doing today is increasing the working with the passenger transportation board uh, ride sharing is delayed. on the road. We'll introduce and going to try and make the taxis open the doors for other ride service in British One company. It's about ensuring that people can travel safely, uh, that we are, have a system in place that meets people's needs. Um, okay, Jen. From the Sanan Province. What about the Vancouver Taxi Association cater? It seems like it's already uh, underway and it doesn't exactly go with what's in the recommendations in the report. Well, we, we, what we are doing is working initially to increase supply of the taxi industry, and then we're going to be, as I say, we're going to be having legislation which will open the doors to um, other companies if they want to come in, but we need to make that leg those legislative changes. We are not uh, working with any one company as a government, and nor would we. We're working on the legislative changes that would open the doors to companies that want to come into this province. Hi. Tina Levering with CBC News. I'm wondering if you can give a breakdown on how many of those 500 taxis will be accessible taxis and whether what legislation, you mentioned six pieces of legislation need to change. Can you briefly talk about what exactly those are? Uh, on the number of accessible taxis, well, we're going to be working for, with the Passenger Transportation Board for 15% um, uh, increase in capacity, which will translate to 500, and that will be prorated in, number of accessible. Uh, I could hand over to Dr. Harrow, who might be able to be better explain that on the numbers that it would uh, translate to. And the, uh, I'm just being put past the exact piece of legislation because there, there are six. One is the Vancouver Charter, Passenger Transportation Act, Commercial Transportation, Transport Act, Motor Vehicle Act, Insurance, 
Act vehicle and local government act as six pieces of legislation that will be, need to be changed. And why does there need to be this made in BC solution for something that operates in every other major city? BC's situation is the way that we have our regulations, but my prime concern is safety. Uh, it's safety on our roads, it's safety for passengers, it's safety for drivers. This is giving us We've been very grateful to have Dr. Howard to do this consultation up to this point. It's been a lot of work to get to this point, and there's more work to do. We need to make sure that things are in place, that we can uh, bring in a new system that works for BC with our, our very many layers of both governance and government, and make sure that we have a system that works uh, for the people of BC. Just one second, Mijang. Uh, we're going to go Amy, then we're going to go to the phone, and then we'll come back to Mijang. Hi, uh, Amy Smart, Canadian Press. Um, this 15% figure increase in the taxi fleet, once that's um, filled, will there still be space for ride-sharing companies, or did you, does that answer the need? Well, one of the things that we're going to be doing here, and I think this is very important, is getting data. Uh, part of our, this first stage is getting data. So the first step is to get more cars on the road, get a response, see how it does meet need. But we are also committed to changing the legislation to updating it, which will create more opportunity for uh, other companies to apply. Companies could apply right now if they chose to. Uh, they have chosen not to if they see that our present system is too onerous. So this is our chance to reinvigorate our system. Uh, but we are going to make sure that it's evidence-based, that we, when we are looking at increasing the numbers, it will be evidence-based. We'll have that data, and that really is very important. That has been lacking up to this point in BC. Okay, we're going to take one call from the phone, and then last question will go to Mijun. This question is from Les Lane from Victoria Times. Please go ahead, Les. Oh, thank you. Minister, everywhere else in modern life, a sector that's not getting the job done, uh, someone comes along with a new technology, takes over. Um, why is that so difficult with the passenger transportation business? You've been on this file for a year now. Why, why is BC so, so far behind the times? Well, I wouldn't say that we're far behind the times at all. I'd say that we're doing things in a very methodical way to ensure that we have safety for the people of BC, for those who are looking for a ride, as well as those who are offering a ride. We need to make sure that we are providing the best possible options, and I think this approach will do that. Uh, we are making sure that we are providing both uh, extra service immediately, uh, we're, that we are going to be uh, gathering that data and uh, then we can be bringing in the legislation that will ensure that we can open the doors to new forms of uh, ride hailing. And you mentioned a minute Sorry. ago the BC situation is unique. What, what exactly is unique about BC that, uh, that Vancouver is the only major city without ride hailing? One of the unique areas about BC is that we have the different levels of government have different involvement on uh, jurisdiction when it comes to taxi and when it comes to when it comes to that. We also have to ensure, as I say, safety levels. We have a, an independent passenger transportation board, which is a, an independent tribunal that has a strong involvement with this. These are some of the areas that we have to be very mindful of when we are um, looking forward. But as I say, my main concern is that if we're introducing uh, new technologies, that we are introducing them in a way that meets people's needs but also meets the safety 
for everyone in BC, the drivers and those who are using the service. Last question to the room. Um, after this, if you have more questions, please connect with the Ministry of Comms Department. What I can say is that we are bringing in legislation in the fall that will prepare the way for them to apply. We still need the insurance product because the companies so far have not chosen to apply to BC, although they will be quite able to choose to apply to BC under the current model. So ICBC will be preparing a new insurance model that has to go through BCUC. So what we are doing is preparing that groundwork that they are in a position to apply once we get the insurance model in place. So you're not prepared to make that guarantee of the timeline yet? What we're doing is we're getting everything in place. We then need to look to ICBC to prepare the insurance package that will suit the new, uh, new form of ride sharing, ride hailing. And when ICBC has that product, people will be able to apply knowing that there is a new product. Thank you, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the Ministry of Transportation conference call. Thank you for your participation. Have a nice day.